Joining me now is Alex Briggs, who's finishing up a residency at the Center of Gravity with the presentation on biochar, decentralized economies, and the maker movement. Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Hi there. Thanks so much for speaking with me today. So for listeners who don't know, where is the Center of Gravity? It's based in Troy, and what should we know about it? It is on 3rd Avenue in Troy, and it's a part of the maker movement, which I feel like was a big thing around like 2012 or, or so. Maker spaces started gathering together tools of every kind of trade. And with RPI up the hill, uh, Troy ended up getting really awesome one with all these machines that can pretty much make anything. So they had a residency program and it was really easy to apply and they've given me incredible support for building this prototype for a biochar kiln that I've been thinking about uh, for a long time. So a biochar kiln, what is that and how does this fit into the maker movement? A biochar kiln is something that heats up some sort of biomass, uh, wood chips in my case, until it drives all of the hydrogen out of the hydrocarbon. And so then what's left is the carbon, and that's biochar. There's lots of different pyrolysis gas or syngas. There's lots of names. There's lots of different things. Um, Charcoal is very similar to biochar, but biochar is a separate thing. So it can get kind of confusing and muddled. Um, But at its simplest thing, it's just a kind of oven that cooks wood chips until uh, the smoke comes out of them. And that smoke is mostly hydrogen. And so my one day goal is that that hydrogen then could be put in a fuel cell and actually could power people's homes while also heating them um, and doing this in really an incredibly efficient way. Um, So it's the hydrogen that is stored as fuel, but also the wood chips that are left over are also fuel. Is that right? Yeah, the wood chips are separated into a gaseous hydrogen, which is a gaseous fuel. And then the biochar, which is a fuel if you choose to burn it, but you also can use it if it's uh, made correctly as a soil amendment. And I think that's a really interesting piece of this. And um, there's so many interesting pieces, but this is the only carbon negative energy system. And there's some tricky things about it. In this presentation I've got coming up, I've got a graph which basically shows that it takes a lot of wood or a lot of phytomass, a lot of the sun's energy stored in plants and in biomass. It takes a lot of it to provide for our modern standard of of energy. But there's also so many efficiencies in it where you can If you have your kind of a little power plant inside your home, then you can start cooking with it and you can heat with it and you can heat your water and you could all do all of those things all together. And in that way, actually have the net load, the total amount of energy that uh, you require could be much lower. So you mentioned if you have like a power plant in your home. So this sounds a little bit inaccessible for the everyday individual. Not really. That's the incredible thing about it. Like the technology hasn't been developed to the point where you can just have a little fuel cell inside your home. But actually in Europe, 
they do have that. Like you can plug a natural gas line into this power plant, into this fuel cell, and it just looks like a washing machine, but it actually replaces your hot water heater and you no longer are connected to grid electricity. That's the incredible thing is that for the energy that you were already putting into heating water, you can get electricity also. Um, and then on top of that, you could be producing that gas, not from fossil fuels, but from something that actually takes carbon out of the atmosphere. And is it right that this technology has actually been around for quite some time? I believe there's evidence that indigenous communities use biochar in the Amazon. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Some of the most fertile soils in the world, it's called terra preta. Um, sorry if I was butchering that pronunciation. But in the Amazon, in rainforests, typically the soil is very sandy and all of the nutrients have been soaked up into the trees. And so it's very hard to farm in, in any way in rainforests uh, for this reason. But there are these pockets of incredibly rich soil in the western edge of the Amazon. And people realize that uh, it is, like so many things, actually an indigenous product that was created intentionally for the purpose of, of growing food. And biochar is really complicated. You can use it in this way as a soil amendment. You can also actually use it to fix heavy metals and different toxins out of the ground. And depending on exactly how it's made, it can do different things. I know that the main difference between charcoal and biochar is that you have to heat it for a longer time at or and or at a higher temperature in order to drive all of the hydrogen, all of the smoke, all of the what are called volatiles, all those gaseous parts out of it. So it's just pure carbon. And to my understanding, it's surface area. It's got this crazy structure that just has an incredible amount of, of surface area. And uh, that's the key to it being used um, as a filtration system and radiation or all these different things. I can't say more than that on exactly how to make good biochar. The hydrogen side of it is the part that I've researched enough at this point. So biochar kiln is the subject of your presentation on January 24th. You also have a workshop happening on February 18th. Could you talk about the Arduino microcontroller. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So a microcontroller um, is a little circuit board that's compatible with with computers and is made to be really easy to use. So you can hook up your own little sensor systems um, and also simple automation kind of things. So it's a really useful thing for lots of applications. You can do lots of cool like home efficiency stuff by by controlling different temperatures and, and systems in your home. Uh, I'll be using it to gather data on my prototype so that I can make the most of it and really engineer a better model for my next one. And the workshop is on the 18th of February at the Center of Gravity. All this information will be available at the Tech Valley Center of Gravity website. We'll link that website in the details of, of this story. That would be great. And I think that participants will actually get their own microcontroller as well as a couple 
uh, being available to be rented out. Well, thank you so much, Alex Briggs, for joining us on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. What would you like to leave our listeners with? What do you think is the most important thing to understand about the work that you're doing? Um, I think we're in a really special moment when more cooperative models and more efficient models are coming to the forefront. And a lot of the mistakes of a capitalist economy are being re-examined. And I think that hydrogen economies, and in particular biomass hydrogen, is one of these ideas that have been kind of pushed out by big oil and big business. And now I think there's an opportunity to open source and decentralize our systems. And I think that this is one of uh, the real gems that could really help the world in huge ways. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.